So I would like to wish a happy birthday to a very special, well, hopefully listener of this show, uh, Sam Roth. You've been on the show a few times. Um, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. I would like to offer you a, a no-expenses-paid trip to Sweden to visit me in person. Uh, we can chill. We can hang out. I'll introduce you to my friends from Mexico and Spain or something. Uh, and we can play video games. This is 8-Bit, episode 86, Find Some Balls, on Saturday, September 13th, 2014, and now, so long as it's purple, this episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. And if that's too much, we could just play video games online together, because that's the beauty of it. All right, now, Sam's TV, make sure that you deliver this message. I'm making fun of people on their birthdays. Just make sure you don't burn it out, TV. Well, I, I guess I guess you're supposed to make fun of people on their weddings, though, right? You know, if you're like, you know, the best man and you're giving a speech, right? It's the day to celebrate them. Therefore, it is mandatory to give them crap. Yeah, exactly. The, I guess the the most important thing is that you're focusing on them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, what Sherlock did, you know, at John Watson's wedding. That that was that was not good, right? Well, until the end. Then he brought it back and made it kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. Sherlock's a pretty good show. You know what else is a good show that I just discovered this week, actually? Hmm. The Guild. Um, that's a it was a it's a web series um, that went from like 2007 to 2013, um, created by Felicia Day. And um, I've heard you know Andrew Bailey uh, talk about the Guild all the time. Maybe not all the time, but you know a lot. And um, I was kind of skeptical of it at first because, you know, the, there have been a lot of shows that have tried to kind of capitalize on video game culture, right? Um, yeah. And just kind of derive their appeal simply from the fact that they're about, you know, video game people. But it's uh, Felicia Day. But it's Felicia Day. So it's actually really good. Like, it's not terrible acting. You know, it's they don't try to ram the whole, like, we're talking about video games down your throat. Um, it's actually a show about you know, interesting characters, and it just happens to be, you know, in the context of these people are in a guild together in an MMO. Um, I, I watched, uh, Sonya and I got together in a hangout and watched uh, the first, like, two seasons of it, because um, as a web series, obviously, the the individual episodes are really, really short, so, like, the seasons yeah. are, you know, an hour and a half long. Um, um, but, yeah, good show. Um, I recommend going and watching it. Um, I'd have to go look that up. Yeah, it's 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 on YouTube, uh, on the Geek and Sundry channel, because um, mm. that's that's her channel. Um, her and Will Wheaton, of course. Uh, Will Wheaton. Yeah. So that's that was one thing that I did this week. The other thing that I did this week was I had tons and tons of free time because classes uh, are really really chill here in Sweden, especially since I'm taking you know classes that are specifically for exchange students, so they're totally not serious, you know. Um, and guess what I do with that free time? Uh, you learn how to juggle better. Mm, no, I, I wish I did, actually. Oh, I should go find some ball. You go and volunteer as a firefighter and rescue kids out of trees and help no. the ladies across the street. I was hoping that you were going to guess I played video games, because that would make sense. But no, I didn't do that either. <laughs> you, you did your project all over again. <laughs> well, there are, like, weirdly enough, 
my apartment complex is right next to like an elementary school, so I see little Swedish kids running around here all the time. And I can't understand a word that they're saying. Um, but no, what I and did. How creepy would that be if you just walked up to them and was like, "Hi, <laughs> I'm an American." Uh, yeah, because that's how I, you know, introduce myself to everybody around here. Hi, I'm an American. <laughs> um, no, I did like the most boring thing possible. I went back to all of those, all of my like files, uh, all of the notes that I took, all of the projects that I did in high school, and I started converting them from Microsoft Office uh, formats to Google Docs formats because I haven't done that yet, and it's about time that I escaped the uh, Microsoft overlords and you know brought myself all the way over to the Google overlords. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. I think they're probably relatively allied, considering that you know we still need Microsoft for gaming purposes. Uh, well, I mean, yes, but other than that, I don't. Other than that, you don't Microsoft. I I don't need Microsoft for anything other than you know the fact that Windows is the only platform where all of my games are. Well, most. Yeah. Actually, I've been increasingly playing more and more uh, Android games because, as you know. I hate the computer that I have with me right now, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what did you do this week? Anything what did I do this week? Um, see, what did I do this week? I... Nothing earlier that exciting. I worked a bunch. I I did conducting. I... Ooh, I haven't shown you my baton yet. No. Does it, uh, does it conduct well? Does it electricity conducts, go through it? Conducts quite well. And, I mean, it has a really red tip, so it's. It, I've, I've decided to name it Baton Rouge. <laughs> I get it. So here's the tip, and I mean it, it's it's a local made thing. Wait, is that the tip or is that the? Or sorry, this is the, the, handle. the grip area, yeah. the handle area. So I'm staring down the shaft now. <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Not Leviosa. Let's see. Um, no wonder I don't have any friends. <laughs> Let's see. The band director asked me. Um, uh, if he wanted to, um, if admit that's the fringe title, not the actual title. Ah, crap! <laughs> Good job. Uh, let's see. The band director asked me if I wanted to dress up as the shredder for a Halloween thing that he's doing with the the officers, where where the band president and all of the cabinet are dressing up as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he's going to be Master Splinter. Oh no! Because welcome to goofs. Welcome to band. Um, You're definitely built for the shredder. For sure. I mean, because the shredder is so fat, yes. Yeah. Now we just got to find a good old Casey Gwynn. I don't even know what that means. He's another character. Anyway, um, I finished my application for Teach for America, which is always that a good thing. That is super exciting. I don't know. Trained in a bunch of newbies in the in the off at work. The the classics office or whatever. Yeah. That work. Okay. Mm-hmm. I lose track of your works. <laughs> All of the yeah, different. Well, that, that's really the only one that I'm doing this semester. I thought I was going to be doing, like, four jobs. Mm. But the the handbell director position was um, offered to someone else, which I'm fine with because the guy who it was offered to, I know, is a really good guy. And he's he's a retired professor from here, so he'll actually be able to stay there for more than one year. Yeah, that would yeah, that'd be interesting. Or um, you could commute down from the Twin Cities to, uh, you know, St. Peter. Oh, boy. For... 
however often you would have to do that. That would be awful. I mean, I know that there are some people that do that, but I'd kind of prefer not to unless I really need to. Yeah. Essentially, by that point, it'd be just paying for gas. It would be whatever my pay would be from the... Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really teaching Latin to kidlets anymore because I'm, I have class at the time when we would usually meet. Mm. Otherwise. Other than that, it's been music, 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 so... Oh, I do have to say, um, yesterday, my history class took a trip out to um, Gamelstad, which is this really cool little church town uh, near Luleo, where um, the, the history of the place is just really, really interesting. The, the church was built back in the 1400s, um, when, like, this was, like, one of the first churches, uh, legit churches, um, you know, up here in, in northern Sweden. Um, and so, like, they, like, people, like, the, the, the congregation that it served was, like, from, from an area larger than, like, freaking Finland is now. You know? Like, that's how, that's how far people were supposed to travel to get to this church to, uh, to, to, you know, go to mass. Um, and, like, they, they actually made a law saying, yeah, you act, you have to go to to church every so often. Um, you know, if you if you live like 20 kilometers away, you have to you know go come like every week. If you live you know uh you know 50 kilometers away, you have to come like every other week or whatever. Um, and so on and so forth. And like people just couldn't afford to to go to church and then like leave right afterwards. So they so what they did was they started just building these little cottages in the town near the church. And it, they were just like these little one-room things, and you know your family would own this this one-room cottage, and you would just come there, stay in that cottage for like a day, go to church, and then you know leave, so that you weren't like taking you know, so that you didn't have no downtime during this you know immense church trip. Yeah. Um, and there's still like hundreds of those cottages left in this little church town, and hmm. and it's you know it's a World Heritage site now. Um, and the, like the the cottages are still owned by people, you know, privately owned. And the, there's you know now there's laws about you know how you're supposed to use them. Like you can't own them to live in. You can't you know own them to just have like a as a summer home. You have to use them the way that they were used you know hundreds of years ago, which is we're gonna go to church. Let's go and you know stay at the cottage for a day. <laughs> <laughs> and they also had like. Um, a cool, you know, hands-on outdoor museum where we got to churn some butter and uh, mm. bake some bread. It was good. Churning butter is fun. Yeah. Aside from the fact that everybody else, you know, was laughing about, yeah, it's like a hand job. <laughs> Nobody was saying it, but, you know, pretty sure they were all thinking it. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, what else are you going to get when you're taking, grabbing onto a big stick and then moving it up and down and up and down and up and mm-hmm. down? Especially okay. with that sound. Apparently you have to twist it. You know, a little bit as you're moving up and down. Got to twist it to get that cream just right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Uh, whenever I think of churning butter, of course, I think of the uh, the music video for Weird Al Yankovic's uh, um, Amish Paradise, and that's not suggestive at all. No. Nope. So, let's see what happened in the video game world uh, this week. Let's let's see what we got here for news. Um, mm actually talk about what we're supposed to talk about on the podcast? I mean, you know, what we're supposed to... What it's kind of become is, what did you do this week? What did I do this week? What happened this week in the world of video games, right? You know, I yeah. think that's a pretty good pattern, don't you? That's fine by me. I mean, yeah. 
For the most part, the only people that listen to the podcast are people who know us. For good reason. <laughs> um, so yes, listeners, in case you didn't already know this, uh, go to thenexus.tv slash eb86 to find all of these uh, links to the articles that we're about to talk about. Um, so this first one, oh, this was, this was really cool. Uh, so Dark Souls, notoriously difficult uh, game, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So imagine trying to beat it only with a rock band guitar. That's been kind of apparently a running joke uh, among people who have played, you know, Dark Souls. Is, oh, did you even try, you know, playing it with a rock band guitar? And some guy decided that he needed to actually do it. Uh, so he, you know, went and like remapped all of the uh, the buttons and stuff on um, the guitar to different, you know, different controller buttons. Because um, he he was playing it on PC, so he could do this. Um, but even so, even with all of the remapping that he did, he could still like only rotate to the left. Um, <laughs> and he, I, th- I think he could he could block or he could do like the regular attack, but he couldn't do like power attacks or anything special like that. So yeah, this was in addition to just being a, a ridiculous control scheme. It was half of the control scheme essentially, <laughs> and God. he did it. That is impressive. I yeah. I want his babies. I I want to never ever even try to do that. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Dear Lord. Alright. Well let's move on to something a little bit yummier. In fact, something that's improving in taste. Mm. Um more so texture than anything though, instead of taste. So League of Legends has announced that they are going to be doing a bunch of texture updates to their older champions. Um, and it's not necessarily them all hitting them all at once. It'll be little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit going through each of the old champs and revamping them one at a time. Um, so it doesn't completely overwhelm your computer when it comes time to you know download that stuff and <laughs> play and. I'm sure that you know Jonas uh, at home with our parents' terrible internet will uh, be very glad they're not updating every single texture all at once. <laughs> yeah. So no, now we just gotta first? get the Summoner's Rift. What'd you say? Well, okay. So who, which champions are getting it first? Um, it looked like it was LeBlanc and Corky. So those were the two that were featured on the original blog post. Okay. And are they are they like are the textures pretty much the same, just higher resolution, or are they are they completely redoing their what they look like? No, they're the the textures are still the same, just yeah, higher resolution, um, and better colors, and okay. um, I know I, I guess a little bit more, not really showy colors is the good way to put it, but but like no, colors that contrast and better, more details that are more details that have been added. Okay, cool, so, cool, yeah, so. When you hear about a game that, you know, gets delayed from fall until, you know, sometime the next year, that's it's not too, too unheard of. Um, and usually, you you know, when a, when a game gets delayed like that, it's delayed to, like, you know, say, February. That's, that's pretty typical, right? Yeah. Um, well, apparently that's not the case for Batman Arkham Knight, which, you know, originally was going to be coming out this fall. I think it was, you know, mid-October with all of the other AAA releases. Um... It is coming out apparently June second of two thousand and fifteen. Jeez, that's a long time away. That's like after I graduate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, well, it gives me enough time to play the other, you know, uh, Batman Arkham City, and then I remembered, no, we're probably going to be on canoes by that time. 
Possibly. Well, I mean, I graduate on like May 30th, May 31st, so maybe not quite at June 2nd. Let's not waste time, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, we're not doing the full trip anymore. I, no. I don't think. And yeah. I still need to call Shakespeare and help hammer out details. Yeah. Yeah. We so, need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a good summer. It is going to be a good summer. Uh, we are going to get so ridiculously ripped. And tan. And tan. Well, you get tan every every summer, though. When I'm not working in the kitchen, yes. Yeah, but I, well, I, I'm talking about, you know, for the last three summers or however long you've been on aquatics. Yeah. yeah. Four summers, actually. Also, little little um, fun thing that we don't actually have in the in the show notes, but so speaking of um, uh, games that are that had been delayed until February, did you know that Evolve came out with another monster? Oh. And then just, so there's, well, there's two now, essentially mm-hmm. what it was. So the one that was, the only one that was there when we were at camp was, uh, what's his name? But the, the big like the Goliath or something? I think that might have been it, was Goliath. Uh, but the fire-breathing, in-your-face tank, do-all-the-damage thing. Mm-hmm. Now they have a long range. I can fly and poke the crap out of you. Can we monster. call it? Can we call it the uh, motherfucking pterodactyl? It's the motherfucking kraken. <laughs> so the McCracken. Um, not just the kraken. Uh, but yeah. So that one looks like it'll be kind of fun and interesting as well. So I don't know. I'm not sure exactly when that came out. That was a while back. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to mention about yeah. things that you know. I do remember seeing that. we were away at camp. Yeah, I remember seeing like I think it was uh, one of PC Gamer's videos, and um, they were talking about you know just evolve and whatnot. And then I saw one of them flying around. I'm like, what's going on? Did I miss something? Hmm. Well, now you know. Now I know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Welcome to camp. So what Anyways. do you know about Humble Bundle? About the Humble Bundle. Uh, well, first things first is the Humble Indie Bundle 12. So that'll be pretty fun in terms of there's a bunch of new games that are all indie games that are coming out. But the only reason why I really included it in the show is this is a special Humble Bundle. Um, and that if you pay $65 or more... That's a lot for a Humble Bundle. It is a lot for a Humble Bundle, but you get a bunch of extra things. You get what is called the Humble Indie Bundle 12 Entertainment System. And I'm going to read this directly off of the Humble Bundle site. Plug into the power of the Humble Indie Bundle 12 Entertainment System. Get the power straight from the Indie Masters. Killer stuff you can only get on Humble Bundle. This power pack gives you the complete bundle experience with a special issue of HIB Informer Magazine. 30 pages of tips and tricks for those radical games you just bought. You will also get an HIB 12 super shirt and a set of pins with the Humble Bundle logo and our Stotska Crest match. After showing off the new gear at school, kick back at home with this HIB-12 EP on vinyl. As you hack through the the HIB-12 shareware 3.5-inch floppy disk for hidden secrets, get all of this in one slick collector's box to put on your shelf to show all of your friends. Images are mock-ups, and final product is subject to change. Check out the track list for the vinyl record here. Basically, worldwide shipping is included. This is like the most hipster Humble Bundle that they've done so far. Oh, dear Lord, yes. <laughs> and, I mean, luckily, the games that are in the Humble Bundle are actually quite good, too. Like, uh, I've heard very good things about Gunpoint, um, Papers, Please, Lou Fraufers. Um, I can personally vouch for Gone Home. That was, a, that was like, one of my two favorite games of, uh, of last year. Um, and then Prison Architect. Um, it's not quite out yet, but I've heard good things about it. 
Ha ha Sorry. I just they they also apparently have an end of summer sale in the humble store right now. Oh yeah. It's well in South Park the Stick of Truth is available for twenty bucks. <laughs> so guess what I'm buying and probably reviewing next week. Um uh, gonna go out on a limb and say South Park Stick of Truth. Although wait, didn't we have Katie review that for us when it was la- when it came out? I think we did. I don't know, I'll have to look back. What do you mean uh, I like to nap at Yahoo.com is not a valid email? <laughs> I we should not allow children to ever make up their own email addresses because yeah, most of my friends have very regrettable email addresses. <laughs> I'm fine with mine. Sure. Dude, even your Gmail is like, who's this guy? When did he make this when he was 12 years old, you know? <laughs> um so Steam. Uh one thing that I really really love about Steam is the way that every major publisher tries to, you know, create their own version of Steam to compete with it. Not. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Warner Brothers apparently hasn't figured out that people don't like this because it sounds like they're going to be uh, coming out with their own digital distribution platform called WD Play. I mean, WB Play. Sorry, they're Warner Brothers, not Warner Duthers or something. <laughs> the Warner Duthers. <laughs> That sounded very Swedish. Well, the Warner Dothers. It sounds like bother, but dother. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully this doesn't turn into origin. Hopefully it's, you know, more like, uh, a little bit more like Uplay, you know, where even if they authenticate their games through it, you can still buy it from, you know, wherever you want to. Um, also, the other strange thing about this is Warner Brothers just finished, like, porting a bunch of their games over from Games for Windows Live to Steamworks, you know? So, like, um, the Batman Arkham games now actually have, like, achievements and stuff on Steam, where which they didn't before. Um, so, I mean, are they going to stop using Steamworks when they start doing WB Play? Or, I don't know. Questions that will have to be answered later, and, uh, you know, I hope that they don't do the wrong thing. Yeah. Holy crap. Sorry, I'm looking at... Oh, wait, that's the third. Oh, I might have to pick that up. Sorry, I'm looking more at the Humble Bundle store. And I'm finding things for, like, oh, you know, Stealth Bastard Deluxe is 90% off. Prime Enchanted Edition is 90% off. (laughs) And other things like that. I love you, Humble Bundle! All right, returning back. All right. Oh, yeah, this one. So, speaking of indie games, there is a new game out that looks, well... Actually, I don't think it's quite out. No, yeah, it is out. It's out already. Um, it's called Greenlight. Or is it Greenlit? No. 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 That's on Steam. That's I'm sorry. Steam. It's called Ultra World. <laughs> sorry. Brain is brain. Um, so it is a first-person explorer game in... Let's see. I don't really, really know the way to describe it. Let's see what it says on here. Um, doesn't really say... I'm here. Grr. Um, I'm on the website for the game. You can buy it right now if you like. But it, let's see, so first person explorer, very stylized, um, very stylized world that you're in. So it looks like you're in, and feels like you're in essentially a graphic novel walking around, and there's... I have never seen a graphic novel with, you know, colors like that. (laughs) I agree, though. I really like the visual style. Um... And apparently it does follow the story, or a story, 
like we've been told. And it's apparently a really good thought-provoking story in a lot of ways as well. I mean, like, in the very first little bit, what I was reading from a review from someone else, it asked them, like, what is life? And a bunch of other really philosophical questions within the first hour as you're doing the opening sequence. So, I don't know. It looks like it's it's a good, rainy game. Fantastic art style. Um, the music sounds like it'll be pretty good. Um, yeah, sort of some an, an electronic feel that... I mean, it's not the stuff that I would usually listen to, but it doesn't sound bad either. I know I'm doing such a good job at selling in the game, but... Well, I mean, we would probably do a better job of selling the game if uh, we actually play it and review it, you know. True. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. I mean, but, it's only 15 right now. Yeah. Dollars, that so, is. $15. Yes, 15 euros. <laughs> I mean, they're fairly equivalent... Good luck buying now, Buck. Yeah. It's like I mean, 22 bucks, because a year is worth about one and a half dollars. Something like that, yeah. Especially when you work in exchange rates. It's, uh, man, doing trying to do, like, Swedish crowns to uh, U.S. dollars in my head is really hard, because it the exchange rate is, like, seven, you know? Yeah. It, it's it's such a weird number, you know? Um and it, and of course it's been changing while I'm here so <laughs> I can't be sure exactly what it is right now. Um, <laughs> all right, now somebody who might have to do some exchange, uh, you know, rate calculations is uh, Microsoft because they are going to be buying Mojang for two billion dollars. I'm calling it Mojang because that, that is how that is how you pronounce J's in Swedish. Um, hey babe, Mojang. <laughs> Uh, so, no, seriously, guys, like, this is a really, really weird piece of news. Seriously. I wasn't expecting this. Were you expecting this? Nobody no. was expecting this. Um, you know, Notch is the one who, like, suddenly refused to make an Oculus Rift port for, my, er, for Minecraft because he didn't like the fact that Oculus got bought by Facebook. Like... And then, and apparently, he was the one who approached Microsoft about like the possibility of selling Mojang or Mojang. Huh. I don't know. I don't care. Um, like, what? What's going on? Um, he's like the most stalwart, you know, indie stick it to the man developer I've ever heard of. Um, and all of a sudden, he's you know willingly selling his company. Um, and apparently, he's not going to be going with the company. It's just going to be the you know. Mojang and Minecraft, um, and then you know he'll like probably go off and start his own studio again to make whatever game he's making next. Hmm. Kind of kind of concerning. Um, apparently Microsoft has plans to like because I mean Minecraft is already on like every single platform that it can possibly be on, um, yeah. and apparently they're planning on like in order to make more money off of it, they're going to like start doing more. Um, like licensed deals with you know so like coming out with DLC packs that are themed around some uh you know some some entertainment business thing you know um so like the way that the way that we have Star Wars Legos and we have Marvel Legos and we have you know all of these different um you so know Marvel craft I I guess I mean but but like we are like the point of Minecraft is that we already have all of that, right? Because people can make skins for your characters of yeah. anything, right? Um, the you know, the point of the game is to make whatever the heck you want. So, like, you know, as as soon as they try to like release 
one of these, you know, things. Somebody else is just probably just going to build it and then, you know, you know, just give away that that world save file for to for free. Like, I don't know what Microsoft is planning on doing with this. Seems weird. Yeah, we'll see. That one just blew my mind when I read it. I mean, so long as they don't turn it into a subscription-based thing, I think they'll be okay. Well, you know, there there already is that subscription-based thing uh, for server hosting for Minecraft, um, which is actually a decent deal because I don't want to have to deal with, you know, setting up my own server for Minecraft. I suppose. But, I mean, we've seen how much or how hard um, most games that turn into subscription-based games, like for playing, mm. I should say. Yeah, we've yeah. seen how hard those tend to fall. Yeah, especially in recent times, yeah. like Star Wars: The Old Republic. And uh, yeah. I'm going. I'm betting that The Elder Scrolls Online isn't going to last very long on a subscription model. Probably not. So we'll 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 see what they do with it. Let's let's hope that they play it smart because although I don't play Minecraft much, I still think it's a fun game. Yeah, and of course. You know, Ryan uh, made the joke of, oh, just wait, Amazon's going to swoop in at the last minute and buy it instead. Watch, it'll happen too. Yeah. (laughs) And then we'll have to actually start paying attention to those crazy things that Ryan says all the time. Uh, I mean, so long as we don't have to pay attention to the crazy things that Matt says. (laughs) Oh, man. Incomplete. (laughs) Incomplete. And moving on. And moving on. All right, uh... So, let's see, what am I... Oh, that's right. So, GTA V, a game very similar to one that I will be reviewing a little bit later today, um, is coming out, or we finally have a date for the PC release as well. Um, So, it'll be coming out on PS4 and Xbone on November 18th, and then the PC port will be coming around on January 27th. Yep. And then, obviously, they have, like... Some new features and stuff for the you know current gen version of the game, like better textures and probably more guns or something. I forget. Um, and there's also incentives for like if you already own you know the the current or the last gen version of the game, then you can get a few you know goodies in the current gen version and stuff like that. Whatever. Uh, I don't care. It's Grand Theft Auto. Well, that sounds kind of silly. Who would go for that? Um, super fans. Football fan. Football fan. Football fan. So, speaking of Oculus, uh, we might actually get a consumer version of the Oculus Rift as early as April 2015. Yeah. It could happen. Um, but it sounds like they'll be releasing like a limited number uh, at the beginning, you know, kind of to judge consumer interest. Um, hopefully, it's you know going to be still in their in their target price range of like the $300 to $400. Um, and, I mean, because people were comparing it to, like, oh, it's going to be like the um, the Google Glass, you know, um, initial rollout, which is, I don't think that's a good comparison, because although there were, you know, a limited number of Google Glass things, it was also way, way pricier than the final version of the, uh, you know, Google Glass is going to be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I might have to pick up one of those. <laughs> I might. I don't know. We'll see if I have money. Well, I mean, you're looking to possibly get a new monitor soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, when I get back. So maybe pick up that instead of a new monitor monitor. Just, like, get a regular monitor and then uh, get one of those? Or even just have an Oculus Rift as your monitor. Well, I'm not going to use Windows through an Oculus Rift. That would be ridiculous. 
That actually would be kind of cool if you could have sort of like an augmented reality. It tells, or you can tell that you're looking up that way, and it's like, okay, here's all the stuff here. Yeah, but nobody's built that interface yet. Well, yeah. why don't you get started, Mr. Computer <laughs> Science Major? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, I'll just, yeah, just no big deal. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll build something for, you know, a product that I don't have the development kit for either. You know, I'm, I'm just super pro at this, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that... That airplane video game that we talked about. Oh God! <laughs> Awful. Um, <laughs> everything about it just. Oh, that was a great video set. How <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, to break a gamer's brain? Let's let's talk about some better games than that. Um, <laughs> so, what did you? What have you been playing recently? And I want I want you to review yours first. Um. Oh, let's see. So you know, nothing. Just just a small little linear game, incredibly linear. There's no nothing open world about it. Um, really very boring. No sense of humor. Um, the story was horrid. Graphics were horrid. Um, it was just just about the most boring game I think I have ever played. In case you can't tell, I'm being completely sarcastic because none of that is true. I was playing <laughs> Saints Row the Fourth, and to be completely honest, I fell in love with the game <laughs> because it is so stupid in such the perfect way that I can't help but enjoy it every second of it. Like, your your vice president is Keith David. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. Um, well, I don't know who it is by name. Okay. Uh, did you ever see the Princess and the Frog movie? Nope. Did you ever see any of the Riddick movies? Yes. Yeah, remember? The guy who played... What? You, you were, we watched him at your grandparents' house. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that played the religious leader. Okay. And does okay. a bunch of like documentary narratives. So, do you mean that your vice president was voiced by Keith Davids, or he was Keith Davids and also voiced by Keith Davids? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and I mean, the whole game is just full of silliness. My favorite gun that I found was something called the dubstep gun. Oh yeah. I remember us talking about that when leading up to the, with the game's release. Yeah, because, I mean, I get to run around with explosive wub-wubs and annoy the person below me when I have my headphones unplugged and my subwoofer turned up. <laughs> um, Wait, can you not use both at the same time? What do you mean? The, your he- can't you use your headphones and your, and your subwoofer at the same time? Subwoofer? Yeah. Um, actually, the headphones have a built-in mini-sub, it feels like. Just because of the power of the bass in them. Right, but it doesn't but, it doesn't vibrate your feet because it's on your head. Correct. No, I my subwoofer is connected um, to my computer through the whole speaker system. Okay. And I have my the headset plugged directly into the computer as well, so I have to switch between the speaker system, which includes the subwoofer, or my headset. Okay. Okay. And I'm fine without my feet vibrating because, as I said, it pisses off the people below me pretty damn well. <laughs> <clears throat> so maybe that's a good thing. Um. See, the game itself is full of a bunch of references, which are absolutely hilarious. I think my favorite one was when you were rescuing... So part of the way through the game, actually early on in the game, um, you and all of your homies, um, so your cabinet and VP and all that fun stuff, gets captured by aliens and stuck into a simulation, sort of like, very much like the Matrix Okay. Now, the humans are in pods. Here, there, okay, and everywhere. So wait, 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 wait. I'm so confused. Um, so Saints Row 3, 
You weren't the president. Saints Row 3, you end as the president of the United States. You end as the president. Okay. And then Saints Row the 4th, you're the president. And then I thought that the Dominatrix one was like a standalone game. Um, I don't think it's a standalone thing, but... But it, but it is attached to Saints Row 4. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was confused. But what does the Dominatrix have to do with anything? That that was what the name of the, the Matrix version thing was, right? I'm, I haven't played any of the Saints Row games, but I... <laughs> I read about them. <laughs> no, no, no. The the storyline of the main game is very Matrix-esque. Okay, okay. In the sense that everyone gets captured by the aliens and then put into pods and their brains get put into a simulation. Okay. Um, and so you get broken out and are eventually able to go back in several times and find fragments of code which you can then construct into code to modify yourself or to modify yourself and get superpowers. So you get super speed, the ability to jump super high. Um, I can throw fireballs. I can throw balls of ice that freeze people. I can do use telekinesis, all that fun stuff. So I just remembered. I just remembered what I was confused about. No, so Saints Row Four started off as an expansion for Saints Row Three called something something of the Dominatrix, and then. Uh, and then it became Saints Row 4. That's right. Ah. And it was a pretty expansive game. Oh, that's right. So, spoofs. So, part of the, uh, at the beginning of the game, your homies get captured, and then you have to go and free them mm-hmm. by rescuing their minds in-game, which are trapped in prison cells. And so you are virtual prison cells, and so you have to go into these virtual prison cells and rescue them. So, the first one, or my favorite one, was when you're rescuing the, the gal who's a spy from MI6. <laughs> Um, so the first part starts out sort of like, I guess, a Bond-esque thing where you're an escort, but you have to run around and snipe and beat people up. And that's that's no big deal, because, I mean, dubstep gun. Just make yeah. sure work of everything. But when you're doing her loyalty mission, that's when it really gets fun. Because her loyalty mission is a giant spoof on Metal Gear. <laughs> where the bad guy is an evil twin of you, like an evil clone of you, and the way that you can tell the two apart is he wears an eye patch. Um, let's see, you go through it, it has the sounds whenever you get detected, the vroom, um, you have to shoot out the lights before you can take anyone down, like you can't just shoot them, even if there's a lone guard, you have to actually shoot out the light first, and then you can shoot them, otherwise you fail the mission. You sneak around in a box, um, and of course, because the Saints Row character creator is so expansive, like you could make somebody who looks just like uh, Snake. They they actually change your looks for this one. Oh, really? Yeah. So they have a preset model for the villain and for you, which your looks get changed to temporarily. Um, so yeah, you let's see. So yeah, you sneak through um, with boxes and take out enemies underneath the box. Um, you you listen to the guards that you're about to kill talking to their families, going, I love you, honey, or listening to some of their problems at home. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I was told to walk along this direct path until something would happen, until something <laughs> exciting would happen. Um, so it makes fun of all the tropes of any and all stealth games like that. I love it. And it's fantastic. And just the game overall was incredibly amusing. Um Let's see, story-wise, I mean, not the most complex of stories. You you started as the president of the United States. You and your friends get captured. 
input in the system, you break out of the system, you break all your friends out of the system, and then you go and beat up the bad guy and win. Yay! So, I mean, kind of a cliche storyline, but the game's main focus is on being ridiculous and silly and funny, as opposed to having a really good story. And it does that really well. I'm kind of glad that um, Saints Row is definitely one of those series that improved vastly, you know, over time. Um, With each one, you know, kind of more and more getting its footing and, you know, kind of distancing themselves from the competition, e.g. Grand Theft Auto, uh, you know, in, in better and better ways. Yeah. So. And, I mean, I, I was talking with another friend, and apparently it's a lot like Saints Row the Third, except for with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I couldn't tell you either way because I have not played Saints Row the Third. But it sounds like, sounds like you'd probably enjoy it. <laughs> probably. I mean... One of the things is we saw Torch playing it over, well, Saints Row 2 over the summer. One of the missions that you get to do is you get to drive around a sewage truck and go and wreck things. And they still have vehicular mayhem. At those things. Just to be clear. By by spraying poop on all of those things. Yes, of course. Just to be clear. And of course, like, one of the opening, in the opening scenes, the president is talking about how bored he is and he wishes he had one of those. (laughs) Truck for some fun. And so it, it pokes fun at its back self and I mean, there's definitely vehicular mayhem. There are lots of mayhem things um, on foot. Uh, so, like, you do UFO mayhem, where you run around driving, and you, well, you, you don't run around, you drive a UFO around, destroying targets and trying to get a bunch of money through destruction. You have tank mayhem, you have mech suit mayhem, you have on-foot mayhem, where you use your powers or specific guns. Like, the most pain-in-the-ass gun that I found was something called... Um, oh, shoot. Trying to remember what its name. Essentially, what it does is you shoot out black holes. Oh man! And as fun as it is to shoot out black holes, if you're anywhere near, you get sucked into it and can't move <laughs> for a while. So it's just it, it's infuriating when you're on a time limit and you get sucked into your own weapon because somebody decided to run right in front of you as you were shooting it. Mm-hmm. Oh well. I mean, so yeah, the game is ridiculous in all senses of the word and fantastic. Um, I mean, you even get the throwback where you get to run around with a purple giant dildo and smack things. Well, it wouldn't be Saints Row without that. No, of course not. Let's see, character creation is probably one of the best in terms of customization that I've found um, in terms of body size, um, body shape, and then just face overall. They had so many different ways to mess with the face and how exactly you wanted it to look. Um, that it, it I, I honestly think it beats out the Elder Scrolls. Wow in terms of how much you can customize your character in that way. And, I mean, a bunch of crazy fun skin tones. Like, I, my character ended up being metallic green. Yeah, those are, those are some pretty good uh, screenshots. We should link to that. <laughs> I'll have to make sure I upload all of them, because um, I think I might have a few more that I haven't uploaded. But, um, uh, and the, the different clothes that you can wear are all fantastic. Um, Everything from uh, a kilt to nothing to even as a guy, I was wearing purple ladies lingerie and running around and beating up things. So the rule is you can you can wear anything you want to so long as it's purple. It doesn't even have to be purple. You can make it any color you want. Well, I know, but it's Saints Row, so. So was, it has to be. I was also referring to the, you know the Model T quote, Henry Ford. Mm. You can have the Model T in any color so long as it's black. Yes. Um, so yeah, overall fantastic game. 
I had to set a price on the game, let's see, what is it at right now? You always ask that question before deciding what price you think is a good price. Okay, well, fine, I won't look at it. You, um, you let the world tell you what you should think too much, my friend. You need to take charge of your own life. Those I use references to build my own opinions off of that. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm allowing them to tell me what I want to think. I'm just seeing what other people think before I finally decide. Um, and honestly, before even looking at it, so my eyes are closed right now. Okay. Um, it's it's a big game, lots of gameplay, fine, fun graphics, silly beyond all reason. Um, not the best of stories, but not working to be the best of stories. Um, oh God, the romance options. I almost forgot about those. <laughs> so you can romance all of um all of your people. Mm-hmm. And do you do you mean any of them, or you can romance all of them? You can romance all like, of them. Like like in in one playthrough, you could romance every single one of them. Yes, because it's it's the the romance thing is you just walk up to them, hit the reload button, and which is the romance option. And if they're up for it, they're up for it. If not, then it's then it's not going to happen at all during the game. Uh. Um. So, like, the very first gal who you're able to do that with is the gal who helps you break out of the game, who's a computer hacker. Her name is Kinsey. Um, so you walk up to her and ask, hey, Kinsey, wanna f***? And she's, she punches you and says, let's go, then leaps on top of you, knocking you down. <laughs> or there's another one where it's like, Ayla, I respect you too much. No, you don't. Okay, that's true. I don't respect you. What do you really want? I'm looking for... Um, <laughs> it was like, I'm looking for dirty sex, and Kinsey scares the shit out of me. <sighs> All right, fine, but I get to be on top. Deal. <laughs> so the game is stupid in all of the best ways. So honestly, I would put it at thirty or forty dollars worth. And the game of the century edition. So the one with all of the DLC. Game of the century, man. <laughs> I know, right? That is some great hubris right there. Yeah. Um, I'd honestly put it. Or not, I wouldn't honestly put it. Um, but so the century game of the century edition is only thirty dollars on Steam, so it is by far worth picking up and playing. Awesome. Because right it is so it. silly and ridiculous that it's well, obviously silly and ridiculous that it it makes up for all whatever bad things that it has. So Buck, if you also get your own um, your own character and your own copy of the game instead of playing it off of my library, then we can do a co-op mode. Oh, oh, there's co-op. There is co-op. Do you know what that entails, or um, there are some missions? Well, I shouldn't say missions. Some activities that are co-op only hmm. throughout the map, and otherwise you just go through the entire game with two presidents. <laughs> that's that's not a problem, right? <laughs> of course not. Congress, that's that's a thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> so um, the game that I am reviewing today is uh, it's called Monument Valley. Um, I actually played it back uh, during the summer when we were at camp. Um, it is, um, it's. I played it on my phone, obviously, so it's available on Android. I forget if it's on iOS. I would imagine that it would be. Um, oh yes, yeah, it's on Android, iOS, and uh, Kindle. Um, and I showed you, uh, you know, a, a, a couple levels. Um, it's so you know MC Escher and his paintings, right? Yes. Um, and those, you know, they're those paintings with like, you know, the the staircases that are always going up, but they, you know, somehow connect together, and it's a paradox. You know, it couldn't like exist in in real life in a three dimensional environment. Um, but when you're painting a two dimensional 
you know, painting, they, they could exist. Um, so Monument Valley plays with that concept, um, you know, to as as a puzzle game. Um, so you so you're controlling this uh, this girl Ida. I think she she's a princess, um, and um, so she has to get to the end of each of these levels for some reason. Um, it's it, it's made clear later in the story, you know, why she's going on this journey that she's going on, um, but you don't know why right away. Um, and the path that she can follow is entirely dependent on the perspective of the player, right? So you do several things to manipulate the environment. Like you, you sometimes you can rotate the entire map, um, and if you you know rotate it a certain way, then then it'll appear that that like two bridges will connect, and then she can walk across you know as if they were connected. But if you rotate it a different way, then they're not connected, and she can't walk across. Um, stuff like that. Um, you know, different sometimes different parts of the uh, the environment are movable. You know, so like you could you could slide a platform around, um, or uh, you know, pull out drawers and stuff from the environment. Um, it's as a puzzle game, it's not very challenging. Um, like most of the times, there was only you know the only things that you could manipulate are the ones that you have to manipulate in order to get to the end of the level. And, you know, there was, it, there, there's, like, only one, like, path that she could follow, and that's the one that you follow, right? Um, yeah. And so so there's there's no way for you to, like, mess up and have to figure out by trial and error, you know, what path you have to go through. You, you know, you just, like, most of the time I just saw the path, and then it was a matter of lining things up so that she could go there. Um, so... The, the game was pretty short because it you know the the puzzles don't take very long to solve um like there there was one or two that took me that you know where i I was like wait what what do I have to do here and then I had to you know take a little while to figure out um but you know the the game was only like two hours long total um there's uh, I think there's like ten chapters um and like the 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 puzzle elements are not really the the appeal here. You know, it's the, it's not the puzzle challenge that's the appeal. The appeal is in the visual style and the just like straight up wonder that you experience as you are discovering these levels. You know, and how they like your brain just kind of goes, that doesn't work, but then like it does, and you just go like you like it. It's kind of a nice game to play late at night when you're like half asleep and you're just going like, whoa, man. This is crazy. <laughs> sounds like you're... No, you need to have a fever, and then you can play that game. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> um, because buck on a fever equals buck stoned. Stoned, yeah. Well, not not even stoned, but, like, on acid, man. So that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> sounds like a great idea. Oh, man. Um, my favorite... Have my play favorite Saints Row like that, too. What? Have you play Saints Row like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, well, if I, if I play it late at night, at the very least, uh, Saints Row, that is, um, I'll probably just, you know, laugh my butt off, because, uh, that's when I'm drunk, is late oh, at gosh. night. Um. And then I will join you, and I will drink, <laughs> to the point where you, I'm as drunk as you. Um, but so, in Monument Valley, my favorite, my favorite chapter, I think by far, was, uh, chapter 8, The Box, where there's, you know, like, it starts off with this, this cube, right? And yeah. depending on which side of the cube you open up, you get a different environment to to mess with. 
and then you know after you solve the puzzle for each one of those different sides then the box like starts to open up and you know way more stuff starts coming out of the box than should be possible um, to create even more environments and they kind of you know stack up on top of each other and you know come, like just come out of each other in in really cool ways and um, that that level definitely was kind of like the the pinnacle of what they could do with this idea of impossible architecture. Um, hmm. And like that, that was the one that I was trying to show you, but we kept not having time because we were trying to get back to camp, you know, before like midnight. Um, that was that night when we had to go and get gas. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that night. Yeah. Um, with with the big emergency that happened on the highway. Yeah, I did. We ever find out what that was? I don't think so. Uh, um, but yeah, so the the game that I would most compare this to actually would be Journey. Um, because Journey on the, the PS3, of course, you know, wasn't a challenging game. Um, you know, it, from a gameplay perspective, very, very, very simple. Um, but it, you know, it set itself apart through its visual style and through the kind of abstract way that it, that it gave you the story. And if you, if you really let it get to you, you know, if you were paying attention, both of those stories were very touching. Um, and, you know, can, can affect you. Um, but they're both very, you know, relatively short games. Um, obviously, Journey was much longer than than Monument Valley, but Monument Valley is, you know, a, a mobile game, so you don't expect it to be quite as long. Um, recommended price, I would say, um, would be two dollars. Um, and you know, most people, most people, two dollars is a lot for like a mobile game. Um, but like, if you think about it, that's two dollars for two hours of game, and then, you know, even, like, there's not much replay value, but I can imagine someday in the future, you know, when I've forgotten most of these levels, I could go back, and I could, you know, rediscover it, and have the same sense of wonder again. Um, or, I could, you know, show somebody else the game, like, um, one evening when I was, you know, just hanging out uh, at camp in the in the staff lounge, um, you know, I was telling people about this game, and I just let Pluto take my phone and start playing it. Um, and so she got like, you know, halfway through the game, and she was like, "Man, this is really cool." So, you know, even though I wasn't getting, you know, the replay value out of it, you know, I was sharing it with her. So I would say two dollars is probably a pretty reasonable price for it. Um, it's, you know, the asking price uh, in the in the Play Store at least is uh, four dollars. So you might want to wait until it's uh, on sale. Um, but you know, if it sounds if it sounds like it's it would really be your jam, um, then you can you know go and go and buy it now. Um, but for most people, I would say it's probably worth waiting for it to go on sale. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing I want to say about this game is um, so it it uh, had it, it's integrated with you know the the um, oh golly what do they call it. Whatever Google's, you know, like achievement system is on Android and uh-huh. and on iOS devices, they have, you know, their game center or whatever it's called, you know, for achievements. And um, on Android, at least, you have like a certain level that you are based on how many achievements you've gotten, right? And each achievement from different games is worth like a different amount of XP, right? Um, so there, there, are, you know, ten achievements in this game, one for each chapter, right? Um, and <laughs> They're worth 2,500 experience each. Now, consider this. Super Hexagon, probably one of the hardest games that I've ever played, one of the most challenging, 
has you know only six achievements because there are six levels in that, and they're worth 500 XP each. <laughs> oh boy! So like this is an entirely arbitrary uh, uh, system of of leveling up. Um, Over nine thousand. Probably not not the best not the best system. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Ranting aside, um, there there there. I mean, there are better mobile games to play for you know it, for for price comparison. Um, but man, it was like it was a really cool game. I liked it. Um, so let's see what came out this week. Um, oh yeah, Hack and Slash is now out of beta. Um, so if you'll recall, that was a game that started off as a concept in uh, Double Fine's um, Amnesia Fortnite back in 2012. Um, and that was that was easily my favorite of the prototypes that they made for that for the for that Amnesia Fortnite. Um, I bought it. I'm probably gonna play it this week. Hopefully, um, maybe have a review ready by uh, next weekend. Um, and then what's the other game that we that we found out came out this week? You mean the one that's now in my Steam library and downloaded? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, what all do I have to do to really tell you this? I mean, is there any some sort of minimum? <laughs> You're fine. Fine. Actually, that was really bad. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I can do better. I will do better for you all. Uh, but the game Minimum came out as well. Um, yep. And so that one, that one's a multiplayer game. Sort of. It, it's a third-person shooter. Um, kind of takes a lot of cues from MOBAs um, because oh, yeah. you have these like in in the the one game mode that I know of, I think they have more game modes than this, but in the Titan game mode, you have these two big, you know, um, AI-controlled Titans that just, you know, walk down a, a particular path towards the enemy base, and when they meet each other, they start fighting each other, right? And the way that you influence which one wins is, you know, you, A, kill your enemy, the enemy team, you know, to prevent them from, like, shooting at your Titan, but also you can hunt for creeps and kill those and, you know, get power-ups for your, um, for your Titan. So, take some cues from, from MOBAs, um, but it's a, it's a shooter, and it's, like, the, as, as you can imagine, because it's called Minimum, uh, the visual style is very, very minimal. Um, you know, all of the people are made up of, of, you know, cubes, and, uh, you know, everything's kind of monocolored, um, and, you know, they just they make objects out of that. So very low polygon count as games go. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be willing to bet that, uh, you know, one of, one of, like the entire map of a game of minimum has about the same number of polygons uh, or, or even less than, like, a single gun in, you know, Wolfenstein. Yeah. Because, I mean, Wolfenstein with 40 gigs is a little much. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some of the screenshots right now. It looks gorgeous. I mean, it it has a simplistic style to it, but it's a really cool simplistic style. Think Lego esque. Yeah, yeah. Like Lego and Minecraft esque style. Except that, Sorry, like, unlike Minecraft, which has you know it's t- certain textures on the sides of each thing, each you know cube and everything. Each cube in minimal is just you know one color on each side. So it's even it's even less visuals than, you know, less complicated visuals than uh, Minecraft, even. Yeah. Um, Let's see. There's been no critic reviews. There's only been one user review on Meta, on Metacritic, and that, they gave them a 10 out of 10. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, 
if we if we uh, play it, then we can review it and exactly. Them. There you go. Um, so there you go. That's our homework for this week: is uh, play some minimum instead of playing Borderlands 2, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And we'll tell you all how that goes. Next week. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Eight Bit. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Buck. No, you're not. And it's it is not 1914 or 1982 or whatever you said last week. Yeah. All right. I'm Ian Baker. Signing off. experimentation and we respect your uh the uh ian decker please speak what did i do what you sound so good okay great thanks okay okay the ian, <laughs> ian buck unmute she said that boy's like a little more booty no home Just, just so perfectly with Google's view of, right. of what these cloud things should be able to do. Well, it'd be really easy for Google to implement that. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. Mute him? <laughs> <laughs> just, that, that's easier. Um, oh, also, today is Sam Roth's birthday. Oh, is it? It is well, Ramsoth's birthday. I'm telling yeah, him happy birthday for me, too. Well, no, we're going to call him. Oh, we're going to call him? Oh, okay, We're going to tell him happy birthday, and if he wants to stick around and be on the episode. Oh, (laughs) you're so clever. I I, I forgave that skill by learning how to type fast instead. Forgave. Forgave or forewent? Both, because I'm foregone now. Hmm. Forsooth. Fortran. <laughs> Did I do it wrong? <laughs> this is here. This this Daybreak Master email address uh, is here because we were talking about regretting letting children make their own email addresses. Yeah, that's what happens oh. when uh, sixth grade Ryan uh, makes his own email address. Yep. Now, incidentally, that same day I also did register Ryan.Rampersad, but I also did this, and this is my now my forever primary email address. It didn't have to be. <laughs>